Which tracking number do you want to give your customers? Is it the last one or is it the middle one? Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. Global from Asia, episode 151. I am still recovering from some amazing turkey this past Thanksgiving day on Thursday last week with my fellow American buddies. Unfortunately, no football games and my uncle sleeping on the couch like the good old days in America when I was a young youngin. But it was still good times with friends and family here. And as I said in our Global From Asia newsletter, I'm really thankful for you guys. That That's what I'm thankful for. You know, I just kind of enjoy hearing from you and and uh, and sharing and connecting with some amazing people for these interviews. And I'm excited for 2017. It seems like Global From Asia keeps doing more and more events. And uh, as events go, Cross Border Summit 2017, mark the calendar. We got it down for April 14th and 15th in Shenzhen, China at crossbordersummit.com for that info. Okay, and now this week's episode, we did it at the last cross-border business trip in Hong Kong. And Andrew Chan, the co-founder of Aftership, and I have a fun conversation about logistics, e-commerce, cultural business differences between the international market overseas and the China market kind of a few different topics all mixed together. And uh, I still think it's a really fun and stimulating conversation. I think you can learn a lot. So let's listen in. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another Global from Asia podcast. We are here in TGN Hub co-working space in Causeway Bay uh, at our cross-border trip for learning about doing Chinese e-commerce from Hong Kong. And we have with us actually a great audience, which hopefully we'll get some questions from them later. And our guest, Andrew Chan from Aftership, CEO and founder. Thank you for being here, Andrew. Hey, nice to meet you guys. Okay. So you were actually on earlier on in the episodes, episode 38. And uh, I'm not sure what number this one will be because I uh, have a couple going already, but uh, over 150 now. So it's been great. Thank you for coming on so early in the, in the show. Maybe for listeners that are hearing you for the first time, yeah. maybe a little bit about yourself and Aftership. Sure. So uh, actually, just to correct one thing, I'm more like CMO-ish. But uh-huh. when he's in startup, it's kind of like C whatever O, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but we, we, back in like 2011, my co-founder and I met at the event called Startup Weekend. And uh, I was working for a PR firm that time. But my business partner, he uh, ran an online store for eight years. He's one of the top uh, sellers at eBay, the first batch of sellers. But he's also a developer. So he always have the problem of like customers asking, where is the package? Where is my order? So he developed a system which is automatically tracking the packages and notify the uh, uh, customers about where is the package. Instead of like you just give the customers a tracking number, well, uh, the cus- well, the store will automatically notify the customer where is it, and then when it's like uh, shipped, or you can track it, or even it's delivered, he can notify the customers. Because when it comes to cross-border uh, uh, shipping, the delivery time is longer, and when you're using, let's say, postal service uh, to ship something, the, the the challenge will be even harder for tracking. 
So uh, that's why he, uh, he and I, he has this concept and I joined his team and then we keep on going. Well, now it's like uh, five years after we have now registered users of 200,000. And uh, mostly actually in US, uh, we have uh, users like Marketplace, like uh, Wish.com, uh, Etsy.com, Groupon. Um, and also we have our online retailers, some uh, uh, actually in Asia as well, uh, Grana in Hong Kong, they're our users. And uh, we also have some China sellers, not too much, but uh, mainly in the US actually. Yeah. Okay, very cool. So yeah, I mean, I'm not actively, uh, just saw my camera fall face first, so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll keep this part in. <laughs> and because yeah, tracking is so important. I think in e-commerce, communication to the customer is probably one of the most important things. And when there's no tracking number, or at least the customer doesn't know the tracking, they kind of kind of freak out, right? So, so yeah. I mean, I'm, last time we talked, you were just getting a Series A round. Yeah. And uh, IDG was the main. Yes. Yes. It was like 2014 around. We got the uh, uh, Series A of a million US dollars, and um, so far we we kind of like self-funded. So uh, we are self uh, uh, profitable company, so that uh, we are keep growing. We have now thirty six people, yeah. And that time probably we have only seven people, something like that. Yeah, but we plan to grow to sixty people next year. Yeah, cool, uh, very very cool. And so you just mentioned a little bit where your clients are based. So mostly you're working with overseas sellers. Yeah, we're working with. Uh, Overseas sellers, but also interesting part is the marketplace, overseas marketplace, like for example, Wish. Even though it's a US-based marketplace, but it's actually the sellers are all based, mostly based in China. Well, just imagine Taobao and then you make it more expensive, but targeting US users, kind of. But of course, they do have a, a, a smart logics to find out what the customer wants. Yeah, But from what some people comment, just a very quick comment is, okay, it's a a more expensive version of Taobao that for let US users to buy it. But actually there's more of the thing. But the sellers are actually from China. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I think there's Chinese sellers are really starting to grow on Amazon now and they're they're coming on they've always been on eBay. They're there's like uh, jet.com. I know a lot of Chinese sellers learning about jet and walmart.com. So um I mean, a lot of times Chinese sellers, it's funny because Chinese sellers want to sell overseas and we're here talking about foreigners that want to sell into China. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, well, it's kind of very, for me, it's very interesting part in the way of, uh, we actually, like for example, we talked to SF Express, the guys are actually started the international shipping, but actually targeting not shipping to US, actually shipping back from US. So I think it's the kind of the, the, Trannish, yeah. So, but it's not that easy. That's what I want to point out. Definitely, yeah. And uh, we were at Flowship earlier this morning. You were you were talking to me about it uh, just now before we recorded. And they're also learning about Chinese into China. But yeah, it's it's definitely more complex. Even for I think even for Chinese sellers selling in China, they say it's more complicated than selling in the U.S. or overseas. Yeah, I I, I think U.S. Um, I think actually Chinese uh, buyers have a higher expectation of service compared to U.S. customers in some ways. 
Yeah, it's a very interesting part. It's like US customer, as long as you give them the information and then deliver it actually within, even for one week, they are kind of okay-ish if you give them information. But for China, they expect kind of like everything. That's mm -hmm. what I, I, I feel like. Um, not just the product itself, but also the service. They, because Taobao ecosystem build, uh, build up expectation of the service. So you have to map that service. For example, tracking, you have to provide a trackable solution, for example. You can't just use an untrackable solution. For shipping, there's a lot of discussion. I've I followed this pretty closely. Like, I remember I was selling bar supplies. My first e-commerce business was selling bar supplies, and uh, I came to Shenzhen in, in 2007. And I started open a Taobao shop, and immediately they go on Ali Wanwan. I think this is is the chat of Ali of Taobao, right? So, I had to have somebody in my company always on Ali Wanwan to answer chats about a five RMB bottle opener. Yeah, <laughs> and my Chinese staff and friends were always like, "Just focus on eBay. You just sleep at night, and you just wake up, and you have money in your bank account." Whereas in Chinese e-commerce, you have to have somebody online logged in on chat to answer questions about every single product before they actually buy anything. Yeah, for U.S. buyers, they are used to just click and purchase, and okay, you ship it. I don't want to even talk to the the the, the seller. I mean, uh, I think Chinese buyers are going to this direction, but it's still a lot of involving. Hey, I want this color. I want the different uh, shipping surface. But in U.S., it's all automatic ish. Yeah, or even it's not automatic. They don't ask that many questions. That's so hard, and then they require immediate response. That's uh, I would say. Chinese uh, buyers are very sophisticated, actually, compared to to the foreign one. Yeah, I don't know if it's sophisticated. Like, uh, it's a, it's a or, I think I think it's not <laughs> just. I, like, I think yeah. it's uh, honestly. I think it's trust that the seller is even there. Like, uh, they don't. They want to make sure that this person is actually going to ship the product mm. or actually going to. Stand behind their product, so I yeah. think they're just chatting to see if the person's there. That's my my own, like uh. So my my buyer is my wife, <laughs> Wendy. Uh -huh. So I talk about a product. I'm like, can we buy this? And the first thing she'll do is search and hit chat, and yeah. she'll she won't even read the description. She will just immediately chat to the person and ask them a question. I've seen it in my own eyes on her iPad. She'll she'll search the product. Click it, the first one or two, maybe scroll on the page, and then she'll just click it, and then chat. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, there's like a book, the, the description is like so long, and they got like 50 pictures, but she doesn't even look at it. She just directly goes to chat. Yeah, and I, I, I guess I asked a few guys, like they sh selling international quite well or domestic quite well, but as I asked, like, are you going to ship into China? It's like, oh, well, it's another world, um, but... Unless they have very strong product, they won't get in. Yeah, because if the product already exists in China, so why do you want to get in? Or if your product doesn't have a really good brand, they won't get in. And uh, one interesting uh, comment from another startup is like, okay, I will actually have a funding from China, a big funding from China before going into China. So, um, for example, Alibaba, they have a fund here, and then they look at e-commerce or, or startups, they actually focusing more on the Hong Kong startups. And so if you have a good story, so we would really reach out to them. And then you may get into the Alibaba network that even faster than you try to build something. But you really need to have a good story, a good brand, I would say. Yeah. Cool. 
So they'll so just to just to make sure I got it right. So Alibaba is here investing in Hong Kong, looking to invest in Hong Kong startups that are selling internationally or to China. Actually, they don't. They invest in Google Van. They invest in Grana. Uh, they invest in Shopline. So it's not Shopline is a, a shopping cart uh, uh, system actually, but mo- mo- mainly on mobile. Uh, Grana is an e-commerce player that sells uh, to international. Actually, not in China. Who else? Uh, 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 Google Van is a Uber for uh, delivery. Yeah. So, um, so they not only invest in e-commerce side, but uh, I guess if they ha- they see a, a opportunity of investing in the e-commerce players, why not? Yeah. Okay. And so I'm sure you guys deal with a lot of clients. Do they ask about coming into China, or do you deal with that at all? Actually, not too much. My my users have to say is really focusing on the international. But they like for example, one clients I would say that very good example is Wish. They really linking the the China sellers to uh uh with the U.S. buyers. But the platforms what we used to connect is we talk to the Chinese carriers a lot, the local carriers. Why? Because if uh okay, why uh, Wish dot com is using AfterShip because. At Wish.com, you need to track packages because so many sellers, millions of packages a month. The the customer want to see the delivery. Um, that's they rely on us to integrate so many carriers. They're using over let's say two hundred carriers worldwide, and um, so they rely on us to provide the tracking data from different carriers so that they can display to the users. And there's one thing for analytics part. They also rely on AfterShips to analyze what is the delivery time for eight different carriers. So we do deal with the Chinese sellers, but not too much. But actually, indirectly, we're helping the, for example, wish we're helping the to connect the Chinese sellers to the buyers. But the actual shipping part, we do help a little bit on helping them to generate the shipping label. Uh, we have another product called Postman.com. is a shipping solutions that connect multiple carriers, allowing you to ship with different carriers easily. We have some users like shipping to China using SF Express or let's say uh, 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 international to Hong Kong Post, for example. So we do have another product, but our target audience mainly on US side. Okay. Yeah. And then for this service, does that work for like your own like store? like? Shopify or does it go to Amazon, these marketplaces too? So for example, we have a Shopify app. We integrate with multiple channels like uh, uh, Shopify, e-commerce, uh, uh, eBay, etc. So for aftership part, it's mainly for tracking. We help the uh, Shopify sellers to track all the shipments in one place and notify the customers when the delivery is, is alpha delivery or delivered. But we also have the shipping app that they can fulfill the orders of multiple channels and then select the carriers they want and generate the shipping label and ship it out. So if you are doing shipping on your own at the beginning, you can use our app and then connect with multiple carriers to ship to China or any places. Yeah. Okay. And do you see a world where everything is like, we're talking about cross-border, but some people say there is no border. I mean, do you see a no-border world? Well, I... I with the Brexit, Brexit, yeah, Brexit, <laughs> it's like the border is coming back. With the Trump, is the border is coming back? Where, yeah, the Mexican look at Me- Hong Kong, Great like, Wall of Mexico. I don't know. I don't. I feel like <laughs> Hong Kong is building a wall as well. I say like every, it's kind of like political talk. Yeah, but it's kind of like uh, globalization is kind of trying to go in backward. Mm. Yeah, we have 
more focusing local. Trump doesn't want the production goes to China. Hong Kong doesn't. Is it? Can I say it? Will it be banned to get into China? But it's I think okay. it's already banned. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just just kind of like like that. I think um, yes, uh, shipping will still going. It will be better, but it's just the mentality wise. I don't know really. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. Cool. But like for example, shipping trend, we see people try to ship to local and then uh, using local carriers to distribute. So um, bulk ship and then using the local carrier to distribute into the 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 the, the uh, local uh, uh, recipients. Yeah, we talked about that at earlier in this morning. Yeah, about I forgot the name. Basically, yeah, you pre-label a whole bunch of packages. Yes, and consolidate it, and then ship it to the local place, and then ask someone to deliver it for you because uh, it's actually cheaper and faster. But the problem is, how do you you have two legs of delivery? So the problem for the merchants is like, which tracking number do you want to give your customers? Is it the last one or is it the middle one? It's mm. actually the combined one. When it's combined. That's why people use fulfillment services because if you give the two tracking number to the end customers, you get confused. Makes yeah, sense. for 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 that part, I oh. think that's also why like Froship or different fulfillment services come out. Yeah. Okay. Do we have? Do we even get some interaction? Do we have any questions for Andrew, or about gen- generally cross border or e-commerce? Something from today that we talked about, Naomi. I can see. You. Can you introduce your background again? Oh yeah, sure. So, well, I'm I'm more co-founders at AfterShip, but um, before the background, I actually started more IT consulting, working at Accenture. I also worked in a PR firm before, but um, the reason I, I I started IT because I met my co-founders at a startup event uh, called Startup Weekend. I recommend if you. Haven't found any tech co-founder. You may wonder why, if you start a business, e-commerce business, why you need a tech co-founder. I I think it should because uh, for example, look at Grana. They they kind of scale. They have a developer team helping them to build a warehouse management system, uh, to build a shipping solution, uh, integrating tracking. Yeah. So. Um, finding the right tools to ship or to to manage your shipments is important. But my background is more on the business side. Yeah, yeah. And you, you have online store on Shopify? For me, no. But uh, we have lots of sellers at Shopify. We have kind of the top shipping app at Shopify. Um, more on the tracking side. But um, I forgot like seventeen thousand sellers at Shopify using us. Uh, but we don't have a Shopify store. But uh, if you're shipping. Selling international, Shopify makes sense. If you just start it, focusing on your product, because we see the problem when when you start selling things, there are lots of things. When you sell something, you product and then shipping and then lots of things. Of course, you really focus on multiple hats. But at the end, it's all, always about your product. Yeah, you don't want to worry about the shipping part. But Shopify takes care of uh, many parts. Yeah, so uh, I would recommend Shopify yeah. for international. Stefan. Um, so, what are other options that are used in China for e-commerce shop besides uh, Magento? Oh, you want to use your own, have your own shop? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, my sellers really, the Chinese sellers, they build on their own. Most of my Chinese sellers, yeah. But um, I actually don't know this part because most of my users, if they want to sell in China, it's kind of the first step is like Taobao first build your. your it seems like in China. People don't buy on websites; yeah. they buy on marketplaces. So, 
we, you know, like we were at Jingdong earlier. There, uh, I think it's a trust of the, of every the trusting on this. Even different brands they go into China, fire, uh, uh, Taobao, Tmall, whatever. Yeah, unless you're really, really big. For example, iHerb, iHerb.com. So is the top one, whatever organic or health product. There are lots of uh, Chinese buyers, but only because they have really strong of uh, hold of the outside world. They build a brand outside, and then when Chinese buyers they see the brand is like oh really nice outside international brand, they will buy it using their way. I think if and it is very hard to get it, and then they really want to have. It doesn't matter if it's a Taobao or what. But if it happens, the same product it happens in Taobao, probably people in Mumbai in Taobao. That's why I believe. Yeah, yeah. For, so for China is really tough. Yeah, that's why I feel. So does your um, service for like domestic inland China does it does it work as well? Yeah, tracking? for tracking. Yeah, so we work uh, with multiple carriers, lots of Chinese carriers as well, international and domestic, as well. So uh, what it works is uh, we aggregate. Well, you can just give us a tracking number. Tell us what the carrier it is. We'll get the tracking data, so your customer will go back to you. You have your your. You can contact the care uh, the customers directly, and then uh, tell them this is the tracking link. Yeah, but if you sell at Taobao, I have to say Taobao is really they really try to hold the customer relationship within their mobile app, because the tracking can happen in the mobile app, right? That's why I wish they need to integrate the tracking as well. So if you sell a Taobao, the tracking solution you don't need to worry about because it should be taken care of with their integration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how much does this app, the service cost? Uh, for us, we for hundred shipments is free, but if you want more than hundred shipments, we charge one cent US dollar per uh, tracking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, that's what we charge. And yeah. so I give the link. Or like the customer need to download the app. So for for us, we target merchants. Uh, so for some of uh, Shopify sellers, they just connect their app, connect their store with our app. Uh, let's say they uh, uh, they have those tracking numbers for each shipments. We will import the tracking numbers into AfterShip and start tracking. So it's the yeah. same like Taobao, but for Shopify. Um, for Shopify, the tracking ability is not as good as in Taobao. That's a bit surprising. Um, I yeah. think yours, he's integrated more than Shopify, I think, right? Mm. But he, I think a lot of his users come from Shopify searching, and he's... And Wish, we, uh, we don't talk to the sellers uh, directly. We talk to uh, Wish, the whole platform. They're using us. Mm. Yeah, so uh, like uh, Salora, Lazada, they're using us, uh, Jumia, uh, those platforms, we are, they are our users. So that their customer, their... Merchants or customers can enjoy services like Taobao or Amazon, so, so that they can try. Yep, 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 yep. So their sellers don't need to pay me, mm -hmm. but the sellers are so worried that the tracking is not online, and then yeah, they will, yeah. yeah, they will ping the carrier and then ping us, uh -huh. because if the tracking is not online, they don't get money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the platforms how they see uh, the sellers on the tracking part. It's actually quite important that using a reliable carriers that have tracking information. Yeah. With the AMS, EMS, many times, even though the, the tracking number is good, and if you put the number in the site, you get more information about how you handle that. Uh, it depends on... Even though in the end, the customer gets the package. Does it 
do you get the right sites to track, like the official site, for example? I mean, uh, 17 something, 17, 17 track, yes. Yeah. Do you get the tracking information? Yeah, and uh, many times I put the tracking number and the package the set. There is no information. The, the customer got it. At Wish or at? In Wish. Yeah, we can talk. Actually, we'd like to know the, the problem. I don't know much of just uh, oh. some combination of I see. I just have the experience to know that. Yeah, it could be uh, because the timing for tracking, because tracking is very interesting part. Sometimes you have the tracking number, it doesn't mean you have tracking information at that time. So it's just our tracking logic is automatic like every few hours to get the tracking data. So it could be the timing that you track is actually not yet, um, which haven't get the tracking data yet. So it could be that, yeah. Hasn't posted. Hmm? Hasn't posted. Yeah. It's just something about FedEx, you can get a tracking number right away, but there's no tracking data. It could be, it tracks yeah. tracks the previous, the day recycle number, so it tracks a Could be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, for EMS, the tracking system is a bit unreliable, I have to say, but um, it's getting there. And if you are Taobao, of course, the integration is kind of like very connected, but uh, not many platforms are like Taobao with the negotiation power. Yeah, the worst was uh, you know early days of postal service shipping. It's like there it says there's tracking number, but it's like like in transit or not in transit. You know, <laughs> like yeah, for yeah, for, crazy. for postal services is tough, uh, uh, tough because usually it does not. Once you leave the border, you cannot track the information for for most of the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Well. That that's all. I mean, maybe we can keep talking, but I'll I'll turn off recording. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Andrew. I actually really enjoy doing these podcasts in person. I'm not sure if you guys can tell the difference of the audio when I do them in person versus my Skype call recordings, but I do hope I can get more shows in person. I'm even thinking about upgrading the equipment so I can do three or four people together with multiple microphones. And that's it for this week. You know, I'm, uh, it's my Sunday evening. I do these intros and show notes are at globalfromasia.com slash episode 151. And if you're planning your 2017 and you want to make sure you have an amazing April, there is April 14th and 15th here in Shenzhen, China, right across from Hong Kong. We're going to have our second annual conference, crossbordersummit.com. And I've already been meeting a few heavy hitters preparing for it. So that's it. Take care. Uh, enjoy your week. And let's maximize the rest of the year 2016. Peace. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.